When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, you've been involved in various comedy projects throughout your career. What draws you to comedy and how do you navigate the fine line between humor and sensitivity? I hate everything. I hate everything. I hate everything. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. What's up, buddy? It's Steve Green. And today we have for you a very special topic. You're going to really love this one. I'll tell you why. It's on the cutting edge of technology. Does that entice you at all? Are um, you what? Your panties are what? I don't wear panties. Great. Um. So I got Chat GPT. I don't really know if it's the right. I don't know if it's the right one, but I got it because <laughs> everyone on my you got it. Everyone on Twitter, which is now called X, so like not Twitter, Thank but you. X. Um. Every fucking five tweets, it's like someone, some asshole that I don't even know is in my feed being like, here's why you need chat GPT right now. Yeah, and then I'm like, I guess I need it. Or at least I should look at it. Because at first I'm like, the more people do that, I'm like, I don't want to learn. Ugh. Like, don't tell me what to do. But then I also realized that that's what old people do. Like <laughs> for throughout our lives, I've been like, how come old people are so like rigid? rigid and like opposed to like learning new things like i'm never gonna be like that i'll always want to learn like the newest thing and now that i'm older i'm like yeah i'm just tired like i don't want to <laughs> learn the newest thing Fair. i just want everything to stay the same because i learned it already yeah and i already like want to learn a bunch of other things like there's so many other things i'd like to learn that i don't want to waste brain power on having to learn this new technology otherwise i get left in the dust yeah but why you gotta write things off huh why can't you just be open and just say, yeah, I'm not interested in that, but I'm not going to write it off. Exactly. That's what I think old people do too much. Yeah. Just write it off. Yeah. yeah so like, like, hey, you're on the TikToks. I don't mess with that. Yeah. And I eventually came around to look watching TikTok. I get why it's exciting too. Like I, I actually really liked it in the pandemic, but the, fa if, the fact that to have a social media presence right now, you have to like know all the social medias and be posting on them constantly is like what overwhelmed me to the point of not knowing where to post any ever, ever at fair. all. Like I just don't fair. really post at all because I never know what I'm supposed to post anymore. Very fair. And it's like so frustrating to me. I just like, I just want to do things my way. Right. But I downloaded ChatGPT cause I was like, maybe there's a way it could help me streamline my many things that i do okay. so like maybe it could actually work as kind of a digital assistant type thing especially in the brainstorming process of brainstorming ideas where i can continuously like workshop with it or take like a template that it put together and fill in my own things and yes. it kind of gets the gears rolling when you look at a piece of paper and you're like i have no idea what i want to do right so i started playing with it a little bit and I was trying to come up with shit they don't tell you topics that were more like we haven't like I don't know like some maybe something we haven't done before yeah and instead I asked it what would you ask Nikki Limo thinking it would like not know 
who I am or what to ask or whatever. Like, obviously, like, why would it know who I am? But it actually, like, came up with uh, 10 questions immediately. And I didn't read them yet. But the first question talks about being a YouTuber. And then I saw Should They Don't Tell You mentioned, like, as my eyes are scanning it. So I was like, okay, maybe I don't, I'm not going to read these questions. Maybe we have chat GBT ask us anything for this episode and see what it asks. I'm, like, really curious about what this AI knows about me. <laughs> like, clearly, it's able to access Google and, like, pull up a bunch of information, right? So, like, what does it ask me? I just gave it a general, what would you ask Nikki Limo if, you, if she was sitting next Love to it. you? We'll find out so, if Casey Neistat's right. Does, here's, does ChatGPT have a soul? Yeah. Here we okay, go. I'm very curious. I don't know if this is interesting to anyone else, but I just thought it was... What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Can can you tell us about your journey from being a YouTuber to becoming a successful entrepreneur and content creator across various platforms? See, like, how does it know? Well, I guess, like, if it if it was able to Google Nikki Limo, mm-hmm. but then it like puts it into a cohesive question like that, where it's like, it's not just like you, Nikki Limo, the YouTuber. How about you two? What is it like? It's like it puts together like a whole. Like an actual thoughtful question that yeah. that's surprising to me. I agree. Okay, so a chat GPT. Since you're so interested, um, what was the question? <laughs> how did yeah, I? Yeah, it's very it's very vidconny, right? Um, yeah. How did um, I? What? Yeah. As it, how did I go know, from being journey a, from being a YouTuber to becoming a successful entrepreneur, content creator across various so platforms? So I don't. I have imposter syndrome. Don't ever think of myself as successful, and True. like some of my commenters would probably agree with that. Um, but like I, <laughs> I, uh, I think that YouTube, being a YouTuber for 12 years has taught me how to run my own schedule and how to like kind of be diligent about, you know, being your own boss. It's, it's a lot harder than you think it would be before you venture into that, but it's a skill that you'd have to have if you were to be an entrepreneur, right? And um, some of my entrepreneurial ventures have been like making stickers and like starting a jewelry line. Um, and I think that you can apply similar uh, similar approaches to any business you start. It's just like what it comes down to in YouTube and in all those other ventures is consistency. And I have a problem with like spreading my time out physically enough. I wish there was just more hours in the day. Like I like all the things that I have done and started, but I just don't have the bandwidth to keep up with all of them to the level they need to be in order to really boost them into success. And I don't ever want you to. I'm afraid of what you would be like if you didn't have this. It's like my blessing (laughs) and my curse. Yeah, it's part of who you are. Like I'm so good at starting stuff and then having a lot of passion for like... But then like wanting to do something else, yeah. which I'm equally passionate about, but then I can't keep all the balls in the air, right? Yeah, no. Balls are heavy. Especially around here. They're easy to drop. Um, so yeah, and that's my, that's been my journey, an ever-going, ongoing journey. When they say across uh, 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 multiple platforms. platforms, yeah. Um, yeah, so not successful. I don't know. I li- literally Mr. Magoo everything. Like I don't, Agreed. I don't know what She's I'm doing. She's an accidental Mr. Magoo. I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, folks. At all. She's like blindfolded walking off a platform and someone like has a jetway there. Oh, is that what they meant by platforms? Uh, yeah, like, I, I know how to walk like, I walk off a lot of platforms. That's what I mean by it. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never seen anything like it in my no. life. No. Couldn't tell you. 
Um, I could probably look if I got passionate enough, look up a bunch of YouTube videos on how best practices for each platform. But I still just don't think my consistency. You don't apply those though. It can't. You I don't apply. Them. I can't get myself to be consistent yeah. enough to like yeah. succeed at it. I don't okay. know. Well, let's get to question number two because question number one is bumming us out. Yeah, it's bumming. It's a bummer. How do you manage to balance your personal life? and professional commitments considering your busy schedule and multiple ventures. How the fuck did it know I'm busy? <laughs> like, that's what I'm... That's Maybe it's because it's all you talk about. I do. Maybe all of your content is just you talking about how busy, how busy you are, I am. Which I think is probably which your is content. like creating more <laughs> busy. Yeah. And then how to organize my life and then how to reorganize my life and yeah. how to be more efficient. Um, Yeah, so I don't. Like, I don't. I'm bad at everything. I'm bad at managing everything. I'm, I don't know. I have currently... I have so many things going on and I haven't even been able to update my vlog channel about all the things because there's just hasn't been time. And I've just, I mean, I sound like a broken record talking You're about all the time, record, yeah. but like, um, shut the fuck up and do it. No, but I am doing it all the time. But that's what I'm just speaking for the people who are listening. Hmm. Like who are just like, shut the fuck up and do it then. Do what? I'm doing everything all oh, the time. But exactly. But they don't know that. They're just like, just yeah. do it. Do what? Just, just, just give us the vlog. Well, yeah, I wish it was that easy, too. I do, too. Yeah. It's just not. It's just if not. You, on the inside, you understand, but it's just not. Yeah, but I, it doesn't show on the outside because I'm doing a lot of, like, production stuff right exactly. now, which is, like, it's very busy. It but, pays off later. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you don't see it in the interim. It's just like the poker. Like, I was studying for hours and hours on end, and it pays off later, but you don't see all the study until, like, it looks like an overnight thing when exactly. it happens, right? Which so, is the funniest thing. It's so interesting. But um, yeah, I don't. I just am flying by the seat of my pants all the time. Um, yeah. I try to organize a base schedule of like Monday I'm doing this, Tuesday I'm doing this, th Wednesday. And like I try to stick by that. But it really just depends on how much sleep I got the night before. Like how how am I able to how organize my Franklin day? wake you up in the middle of the night? Yeah. Sometimes I just cannot get all the things done without falling asleep at my computer. So it gets pushed to the next day and the next day. I, I don't have, think I've taken a day off in a long time a minute. um but yet you know publicly on my public platforms it's not apparent looks like you took years off yeah okay uh number three what inspired you to start your podcast shit they don't tell you and what do you hope listeners take away from it so what inspired me was to talk about all the shit that they didn't tell us that i wish they would have told us and growing i think up. that yeah growing up and it started off with like finances how to buy a house how to get build good credit how to um you know early dating stages uh how to what to do when you live start living with somebody like what kind of things that you're going to encounter and a lot of that was like vulnerable and transparent about things that we messed up on or like whatever we weren't taught and so we had to figure out on our own and i kind of wanted to shorten the learning curve for people um and also like let you know that you literally like you don't have to have it figured out and sometimes that's okay and it still works out you just have to like keep going and you know be willing to adapt and work with things and i guess I'm okay with being the guinea pig of like, I'll take all the risks, tell you how it pays off. And then you can learn from my mistakes. So you don't have to make the same ones. Maybe your curve will be shorter than mine. And I think that like it's maintained the same intention of the original intent. Um, we do talk a lot more about relationship stuff just because people request that more. Yes. But um, so it used to be like a balance of finance, life, relationship, all of that. But it's geared more towards relationships now. And um, I guess crypto and the finance 
sector. But, I mean, that's a small sliver. But yeah, that's but you know, yeah, on the Patreon, yes, it's heavily crypto because yeah. like everyone's there for crypto corner basically. But I will say this: what I'm really personally proud of with our show is how authentic it is. Yeah, it's genuinely you're like it's like we put a camera inside of our marriage, mm-hmm. and you're like you're getting all of it. Like mm-hmm. like someone asked us a question like three months ago. They're, they're like, um, or it's just pre summer. Like, what do you how how would I know you can't relate because you guys fuck all the time, but like, but like how how do you yeah, get, how do you the, how would you deal with a dry spell? And we're like, we ain't fucking right now. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent not fucking right now, and we're not gonna shy away from it. Like like you know when people are like. Yo, Steve and Nikki have a fake relationship. Nothing's just good. What? Guess what? When it we... is that good, right? Yeah. But then, guess what? When like Nikki's doing World Series of Poker and like she's not home at all, and like it's a fucking hundred and fifteen degrees outside, and like guess what? Like when she comes home, none of us want to fuck because it's so motherfucking hot. Yeah. Um, and she's been gone all day. Yeah. Guess I'm what? Tired. We weren't. We wasn't fucking for like a month. Yeah. But we're fine. It's but we talk about it, right? And then like, and like, and it wasn't like the desire was gone. No, no, no. It but, was like but that, that's the thing. Yeah, but like being being honest, right? Mm-hmm. Being a hundred about what we're going through, I think, is what I'm the most proud of about. Yeah, me the show. too. Like, I never want to lie about anything. Never. Like, I it's always going to be only see, what look, it is. And you know what? <clears throat> like right now, it's kind of a almost a perfect moment of like you know. All this stuff's coming out about like the Colleen and Josh stuff, and like we were yeah. in the middle of a lot of that stuff. A lot of and... people thought they had a perfect relationship. Oh, they, you know, they like... all knew they had a perfect relationship. And that's how a lot of YouTube couples. And we've been talking around that shit for years, and now it's finally out there, so it's easier for like to me say. to comment on it. Because also, guys, like you look. If we were to talk about it before, people would have just hated on us and said we're full yeah, of shit. Yeah, so we're haters or something. Yeah. Like, and also, why would we like? And hate, why would we? Why would we bring up someone else's relationship? Yeah, never. And 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 but now that it's out there, it's like okay, well, yeah, sure. It's and easy there are to quite comment. a few people that have a public relationship because they have something to gain from it. Where like yes. they get brand deals from it. They get brand deals together to be for to promote stuff as a, fa- a family thing or a, a couples thing or whatever. And so they have to put forward this like perfect picture where yeah. I think our relationship is so healthy, like the healthiest relationship I've ever seen in my life Legit. and I wish there were more examples of that and I think that the reason there aren't is because people grow up with either a fake facade of what yes. a relationship is like and their parents fought behind the scenes yes. or their parents fought in front of them and it was toxic and people are like well I never want that and so you know maybe relationships are just that that was their example of you and, know and to be so honest folks I can only be this honest about this because I was in those bullshit relationships and I had to learn the hard way. Like I had to really learn the hard way, like from being in shitty relationships and then like realizing that relationships don't equal pain. Mm-hmm. Like it actually like can be net positive. Yeah. And like it's actually a really beautiful thing when it is. Well, I also looked up 10 questions for you too. So like there's, I don't know if any of that's in there too. I just want no, to let you know. I'm just saying like, this is like why we do it. Mm-hmm. The genesis of it is to give you guys an authentic picture of, I think, so far, a working, true, authentic YouTube relationship. Yeah. Warts and all. Well, I think your main point is like that's what people have been asking more about. And and that's where our podcast started to lean more towards yes. but I don't think that's a bad thing for that it like strayed from the I'm initial right, I'm actually glad because that's actually the initial intent was to help people in the best way possible yeah. like the most efficient way possible and this is what the people have the most questions about and exactly. ha- are seeming to struggle with because we say ask us anything podcast at nikki.limo you can ask us anything about any question and, and we're not, we're not experts 10, about it it's about relationships but mostly it's about relationships yeah. 
and and so happy to help i'm i'm yeah i'm happy with the way that it, everything turned out same next question from chat gpt as a prominent figure in the digital media industry what challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them Oh, ChatGPT, you make me flush. Um, I don't think I'm prominent in the industry anymore, but um, challenges that I faced. Yeah. I think consistency is like really hard. Yeah. And, How do you and, overcome that? Um, you get burnt out and you stop doing everything. Nice. Yeah. So it yeah. overcomes you. Yeah, yeah. The wave splashes De- on death you. Death becomes her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. No, like I am not burnt out on creating content. It's just that there's waves where, so YouTubers can get stuck when their format really takes off, where they're no longer into their format. Like, you know, they have a really successful format, like some catchy, like think of your favorite YouTube show, like a so a YouTuber that came up with it and you love them because they do this thing. It's called, you know, for, uh, for example, like, you know, I'm just, this doesn't mean that Jack's burnt out, but like Jack had the, yesterday I asked you, the yay, yes, yes. right? And he did that for years. Well, sometimes people can have a format like like that, like where it's catchy and stuff. And it's really fun the first couple of years they do it and then they get handcuffed to it yeah. because that's all the audience wants yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And so they have to choose now between something they know will be successful because every time they try to do something else, it's, it bombs or like go with their heart, which is like, I still want to make content, but I'm kind of over this. My favorite example this show. is just knowing Adam, like Tay Zunday. Yeah. And him having to do like Cherry <laughs> Chocolate Rain and like every other variation of Chocolate Rain. Yeah. Having to parody his own song uh-huh. just because the audience wants more Chocolate Rain and they don't want original works. They just want you to do more Chocolate Rain stuff. Or there was a phase sometimes you. with YouTube trends, like there was a phase where everyone had to do challenges or else you don't, yeah. your video doesn't perform. Yeah. So then like everyone has to challenge so You have to figure out how to do a challenge like in your way. And it was fine. I'm not saying that like, it wasn't fun during that phase, but I'm so glad that that's like not something I had to be handcuffed to for a decade, you know, because I don't get stimulated or like, I feel like I have to be stimulated creatively. And sometimes the, those videos don't do as well. And it's that balance between finding something that creatively stimulates you and that your audience likes. And sometimes it takes a while and then you have a relationship and then you have to break up because you're just like, it's, what was your most you know, viral video? My question for you. Um, touch my body challenge. Touch my body challenge. And um, would you say that that was reflective of the audience <laughs> that you ended up getting? No. Exactly. 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 So people look at those metrics of like of success, like your videos getting a lot of views equals yeah. you are successful. But mine is the metric of happiness. Like yes. how much of my soul do I have left? Yes. And I am happy to announce that I have much of my soul left and I'm really happy with the energy that I'm putting myself towards right, uh, the projects that I'm putting my energy towards right now. It's just that I'm antsy because no one's gotten to really like see them yet. Yeah, it'll be fine. And it'll coagulate and stuff soon. But yeah. but yeah, I'd say that's the biggest challenge is like the f- the ebbs and flows of like really honoring the ebb yes. and then getting into the flow Nikki's, naturally. Nikki's biggest video is literally me making Nikki touch my dick the entire video mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Over his pants. But like, yeah. But, well, but you were touching it. Mm, yeah, it was, yeah. And I was and pissed. credit to you. I was pissed. Credit to you for touching. I was like, can't you just do the she challenge? She was so normally? mad at me because like, I was just do it normally. I was not going to do the challenge normally because I, I was like, just, it's funny enough as it is. Because I already knew that nobody cares about the challenge. That everyone wants to see the that, and yeah. so I was like, this is give them what they want. And yeah. go figure. It's your most well, viral yeah, video. and the thumbnail. I made it look like you actually well, yeah. took your dick out. I know. I love it. It's fantastic. Anyway, it's a great video. It's demonetized anyway. 
But wow, I did that, make I did make a lot. Later. I made a lot of money for a while off of it. I hey, think it, it made like four grand a month. Welcome for to like, my world. <laughs> like for we a while, we did good it on has that. Twelve million views. We did good okay, on that kind of stuff. Go for it, ChatGPT. Okay, damn, I just got regulated. All right, uh, number five. How do you approach content um, creation that resonates with your audience while staying true to yourself? Oh and my your god, values? that was exactly what I just said. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? That's what it says. ChatGPT is in my head. I know. Well, I think I already answered that you question. Did. Number six, can you share any tips or advice for aspiring content creators who are looking to build a successful online presence? Yeah, in the beginning, just do a bunch of different shit. Like, if you are blessed enough to know what niche you're in, then awesome because the more you can just niche down, the better. Um, but even within that niche, there's all kinds of different video types that you can do right you can do reviews you can do reactions you can do how to's you can do you know blah 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 and you're going to want to experiment with all of those different types of format within that niche because you're going to want to learn all of the little things that make a successful youtube channel which is like the thumbnail the seo the titles looking at watch time how to trim down your intro more how to um edit you know editing tricks like how to make your video like move to the at a correct pacing and thank god you won't have like thousands of people watching you at the beginning like i think most people get scared because they're like well i don't want to mess up or look stupid in the beginning but that's when you're supposed to look stupid yeah. you will look stupid everyone looks stupid and then you look back and you're like oh it's so stupid i and do remember though it is interesting this is a good point because i i do remember being at maker studios right mm -hmm. and if you don't know maker studios was a big mcn is the first mcn um huge um channel network of a bunch of people right blah 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 but what i remember is some people who knew the people who were running the thing getting thrown into the fire that way and like it was pressure on maximum yeah. volume all the way up from minute one mm -hmm. so like, they can't just make their first video in a vacuum mm -hmm. they have to make their first video in front of everyone in the brightest lights of the that sun that was me Right. I had 50,000 subscribers before I put out my first video. Exactly. So, like, and it's unfair. And and so I felt like the caliber at which they found me, uh, the type of videos they found me from were yeah. these high production videos, right. right? And I didn't have access to any You're of that. videos in your apartment. And so it was terrifying to make a first video because it's like they expect me to be up here, but I've never done this before. So I'm like down here, but yeah. I'm not allowed to like be a newbie. Right. Or so it seems because we don't so even necessarily seems. know what the audience wants. Right. Yeah. Like who that, knows? That's that's another thing. This is yeah, a fog of war. Exactly. Yeah, so but, that's why I say just do it. Just do things. Exactly. And don't worry about looking stupid. You can always delete your videos later. Exactly. Like, it's not going to it really won't be a big deal. People won't remember how stupid you used to be. No, they truly don't. Honestly, they don't. Yeah. Um. Okay. Good answer. I like that. Thank answer. you. Um. Number eight. What are some of the most valuable lessons you've learned throughout your career and how have they shaped your approach to life and work? I think just not caring so much about like one way or another what people think about you. That's the biggest one for you. It's it's a pitfall for sure. Like if to if it's a sensitive topic, like something that I am very vulnerable about that I think that people can misunderstand easily and um, I get very in my head about n whether or not I'm articulating it well enough to be understood. And then when if people don't miss it and they they do comment like they like the thing I'm scared of them commenting or whatever like it can get in your head but I think getting through the worst of that like when you do have a video that goes viral and doesn't go to like your main audience it goes to like the ether where there's just like fuck tons of hate comments I think it like does build stronger skin like thicker skin yeah. where in life even 
Like, I feel like I've had the worst things hurled at me already. Like, I feel like you, you can't say anything more hurtful than the bombardment of things that people have said about me on the internet. Fair. How does it shape your approach? How does that shape my approach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to talk about things I truly am interested in. Yeah. Even if it's not going to do well, or it, like, I don't know what's going to do well because the algorithm has a mind of its own, but like... You know, for example, um, I'm really into I took I bought this like little mini filmmaker course for like 30 bucks and it I have all this equipment, but I don't know how to use it properly because I bought it when I had a camera guy and I just let him do it. Got it. Right. And so like he set up the lighting. I just bought the lights. He did the camera work. I just bought the camera. Right. And so I never learned how to use all this equipment that I have. And I felt inspired to make videos that are pretty that like kind of capture the tone that I feel inside which is like a playlist of like whimsical like indie rock music <laughs> right I feel like a main character of an Sometimes indie film indie, yeah. right yeah and so like I would like that to be a tone that shows up in my videos but I don't know how to create that because I have to learn how to use my cameras properly so I've been experimenting with that and just um I want to do a video about the fish that I got gifted and this whole saga that happened after it. And I want it to be shot like cinematically. Love and it. so I started like, you know, shooting that. And I don't think a fish story video is going to go viral or like <laughs> going to really do numbers or anything. But guess what? It's making me happy Cause to like think about how I'm going to narrate this video and like what I'm going to tell you because it's like a stupidly, it's a stupid dramatic saga about a fish and now multiple fishes are involved and and multiple fish tanks and I didn't ask for this. I was burdened with a new hobby and I and I want to express it using my the hobby I am passionate about, which is learning how to use my camera equipment and make cinematic looking shots. Can't wait. So yeah, that's going to happen and I don't care if people don't like it because um, it's making, if, it's making my heart happy. You don't to, care if they like to, your fish story or not? My, the video. Your fish story. My fish way. story video. Yeah. You don't care if they like it or not. Because I just released a vlog on my vlog channel, me cutting my hair, which I did think like people would like because it's crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not like that's doing above average numbers. I just. Hey, people like, are just happy to see you again. Yeah, exactly. But I was excited to make that video because yeah. I was like, this is a crazy thing that's happening in my life right now. Anyway, I think I go based off of that rather than what will do numbers. And a lot of YouTubers have the opposite approach and they're much more successful than me. So what do I so know? So true. Um, I just have different goals. You have been open about your experiences with mental health. How has this how journey... How does it know that? I don't know. How has this journey influenced your work and the messages that you share with your audience? You make me cry, GPT. Um, I think that, that like... I think that we're going to go on a break and then she's going to answer this question. Because <laughs> that was perfect. We'll be right back. Cool. As I'm like about to cry. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. And back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Hugh 
Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that depression is always ongoing, but it's something that's not uh like they, I think if you're more I think the more that you're that you know yourself and the more that you work on yourself and work with your um quote unquote ailments, they like maybe aren't as much of an ailment as you thought they were. Maybe they are part of what makes you you. Like I don't know the Nikki without depression and anxiety, but I know like what I've done with those things that have actually, I think, deepened the work that I've done as much as I sometimes wish I didn't have it, you know? That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that I answer. don't know if that makes sense. That but makes so much sense. Like, I have That's anxiety all the time, but, like, yeah, what do. it, maybe it makes me do things. It does. <laughs> like, you know, like... I've always said you have the most fucked up process I've ever seen. It is but so it, it, mentally fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. But it gets shit done. It's weird. You have to mosh sometimes to like get yeah. through your your mental. Ha- um, I have to lay in the closet in the dark sometimes. Yeah, she has mental firewalls that sometimes she has to like thrash to get through. But then when she gets through them, it just becomes part of her process. Like how she gets shit done. It's weird. It's fucked it's up. It's really weird. It's like I have to like emotion it all out until I'm empty, and yes. then I start from like this empty creative place. Exactly. Yeah. Um. What would you say about the uh, the mental health part of it, though? Like, hmm. how how does it influence your work? Um, I think that learning to work with it has become part of my work. Like, I talk about on shit they don't tell you, mm-hmm. which is my work. Mm-hmm. I talk about um, how I've organized stuff through journaling, which is part of my work. I've kind of just turned my life into my work, which is a weird thing. And it I didn't even realize personal. that I had done that until I don't know, a few years ago where I'm like when people are like, what do you do? Or like when do you take time off or whatever? And I'm like, it's kind of all mixed together. Right. Like when I'm going through something, it shows up in my work and when and I talk about it transparently. And it it's kind of cathartic in that way of getting to um, not only express it, but then have other people relate to it and say that it helped them just to hear someone else went through the same thing. Yes. And so that's really like why I wanted this podcast in the first place was that like I wish I know that hearing other people go through something that I think that I'm alone in made me feel not alone anymore. And that like I'm not broken and crazy because that person is going through the same thing, too. And they're really successful. So like, you know, it's kind of like a pay it forward thing. I love it. Thanks. You want to take a sec? (laughs) Really beautifully put, really. Thank you. I didn't mean to cry. No, you're doing great. (laughs) You're doing great. Also, um, didn't say this before, um, but yeah, nothing helps the show more than helping us out on on, uh, Patreon.com. Play play like that Sarah McLaughlin tune. Like if I'm crying, like you got (laughs) to use it so we can monetize. Like Patreon.com slash sticky. Nothing helps the show more depressed that you're not going to our patreon there you go um yeah look um no, I'm just kidding. you get the show a day early on there um you get I do live show, streams I you do get live streams i do show real poker every tuesday night 7 p.m pacific standard time we talk about crypto and we have a sick ass discord community it's i love the them best ever talk about not feeling alone we yeah love those guys and um Oh, and they all talk about, they're all very open about like very, mental stuff. We got and very lucky. ADHD and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Everyone's like they're just cool. so cool in there. I yeah. love them. Everyone's super transparent. Um, and everyone's kind of looking for themselves, I think. Yeah. In a beautiful way. A beautiful uh, journey of discovery. So the next question is from ChatGPT. And they say, 
What are some of the most valuable lessons you've learned throughout your career and how have they shaped your approach to life and work? Um, valuable lessons. Sort of like career. a reformation of something you Yeah, exactly. Already. I feel like I already answered. Like, it's just like entrepreneurial skills. Is... This is where I'm with Casey and I said, I'm like, he, yeah, yeah, chat GPT doesn't know that they're rewording the same yeah, kind of know. question. I'll get the yeah. next one. Okay. Yeah, because we have, I asked it about you too, because I was like, maybe it knows me, but doesn't know Steve. We'll find out. Number 10, what are your future goals and aspirations, both personally and professionally? I hope that I always follow the call. Like, as scary as it is, it is the scariest thing. But I think the more that I follow the call over the logical thing to do, the logical thing to do would be keep doing Tasty Tuesdays forever. And, um, I, but when I went to go film Tasty Tuesdays, I would be filled with anxiety sometimes. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm supposed to explore something else. Yeah. And so <laughs> the more I did, the more I found like sparks of passion and yeah. desire. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm being called this direction, but I'm being called there for whatever reason. And the more you, that you listen to that, the more you get tapped into your own intuition. And I think that um, everyone has it. And I think that most people are taught to ignore it. And it's the biggest fallacy to the human existence. I think that we all are genius at something and that we co constantly have a guiding light and voice that is telling us to what direction to go. But we just got programmed to ignore it because it doesn't make sense logically with the way our society is constructed but if you do just listen to it i swear to god miracles seem to happen and i don't think that they're miracles i just think that they're you listening to that voice and the universe supporting you love that yeah i think it's your turn now i guess it is yeah does right, it say here, steve I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand you the phone okay so you can read it so i was like it probably doesn't know who steve is because when i asked alexa who nikki lima was it knew all about me but i was yeah. like who's steve green and it's like i don't know he's married to folk nikki lima <laughs> well they think i'm a folk singer yeah. it's it's unfortunately more but, of a, a generic common name luckily chad is actually a fake name there's not it's not it's not her real name it's just more catchy and it's more unique it's fake more fake it's not fake now Literally, legally, it's my name. Well, Nikki Limo Green. Nicole Limo. But Green. Green. Yes. So I conquered you. I just make you just Limo. wanted to point okay. that out. Anyway, Steve, maybe you don't want very many, very much time for your questions. I guess. Um, luckily, ChatGPT did know a lot more than Alexa does. I think Alexa's stupid, to be honest, but mm. it's fine. Um, she's smarter than Siri. Yeah. Anyway, agreed. Steve says as a multi-talented content creator Shut the fuck up. how do you manage to consistently come up with fresh and engaging ideas for your videos and podcasts I'm not, i have one talent i have one <laughs> one talent one what's your one talent i honestly uh well it, it, you know i'm i'm okay a couple okay i have two so talents, multi -talent. I have two talents. Okay, okay that's multi. I can, I can write probably anything anything yeah for a long period of time and i cannot quit on it and yeah. I'll just write it and write it and write it. And you can, can write in other people's voices. I can write in other people's voices, but I had to learn that. that, that yeah. was, that's not a talent. Okay, it's still you have that. Well, I had to grind that skill It's a out. skill that you It's a skill owned. I had to grind out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a talent you discovered? I actually think that's one of the talents I'm most proud of. Yeah. I can write in other okay, people's voices. Okay, so first voices. you say it's not a talent, now you're saying it's a talent that you're well, proud of. I, I think I'm proud of that. Yeah. Okay. Because I had to grind it out. And I okay. actually... You know, like finding out that you suck at something is the most important part of something, I think, if you yeah. want to get good at it. That's why a new YouTuber should just start fucking doing yeah, things. Yeah, you should just, just do it. Just start making stupid videos. Because realizing that I could not write in other people's voices and I was just putting my stupid fucking voice into everything mm -hmm. was just so annoying as shit. Like once I realized I was doing that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, right, okay, how would I say it if I was actually, like, if you're a good writer, can't you speak in the character's voice? And then that 
was a breakthrough for me, big time breakthrough for me. And anytime you have a breakthrough, it's kind of like um, when you're in outer space and like, you know, not that I just watched Interstellar recently, I actually haven't watched it in years, but like if you want to move forward in space, you have to leave something behind. It feels like that. It's like you have to leave behind all this bullshit you thought about writing if you're going to move forward. So you're going to get stuck in a black hole like no, 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 no. Matthew McConaughey's? No, 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 no. It's about momentum. Okay. <clears throat> leave, move something behind, leave a lot of weight behind if you're going to truly propel forward. Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, every breakthrough that you have, I think you leave a, lot, a significant amount of weight behind. Yeah. While you propel into this next thing. Yeah. It's like you no longer need the launch pads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you no longer need the old method. You you got through it and you, you figured out a better way. Nice. Um. So, yeah, look, my... um, And, yeah, I do think, you know, thankfully, I can talk for quite a while about something. Okay. But only if I care about it. Well, it didn't ask you about your multi-talents. It just said, how do you use that to consistently come up with fresh and engaging ideas for your videos and podcasts? Well, I just care about what I talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, that's it. I think, you know, more people should really just focus on that if they want to do anything in life. Like, why can I talk about crypto for three hours a week every Tuesday, no matter the fuck what, right? And, I, and I've been doing it for years because I love it. I love this shit. I'm doing it anyway. I'm doing it already. I'm doing it when I'm not doing Crypto Corner. Yeah, you can't Crypto, wait to do Crypto it. Crypto Corner is me just doing what I'm doing already on Tuesday night. See, I think that's the key is finding the thing that you can't wait to do. Exactly. Um, and I genuinely can't wait to do it. Which, which leads me into question number two. Yeah. Can you share some insights into your creative process and how you collaborate with others to bring your ideas to life? So my creative process, if I'm writing something, <laughs> is just to... Um, well, what's the goal? What's the goal with it? Mm -hmm. Are we? What are we writing? Well, I mean, it sounds like how you collaborate with others to bring your ideas to life. Like you have a tattoo because you collaborate with others to bring their ideas to life. Yeah. As a team, I think, I feel like I want to contribute to your answers. You should. Like you are such a good leader. And that's yeah, a, a that is I'm a that is a talent I'm a that leader. you think is obvious because it's it comes to you so naturally to uh, pull the best out of other people and bring those juices to to life to like to maybe put it all in a smoothie and make it taste good thank you yeah. i uh i'm a reluctant leader i would say every time i have in the past become a leader it's through a moment i would say of vengeance mm -hmm. like when i was in grade school i'll never forget when i the first time i was forced into a leadership position mm -hmm. it was when someone in my class they were asked by the teacher um, to create like a newsletter for um, for the class. She's like, "Hey, I want like you know, I want like a little hint of journalism here. I want to have a newsletter about the class, and like, I want people to like read about like what's going on in the class." Mm -hmm. And I asked my buddy, I was like, "Hey, can I write for this?" And he said, "Nah, she asked me to do it, and I'm going to do it with this guy." And I was like. Cool. Fuck you, dude. I'm gonna do my own. I'm gonna do my own, and I'm gonna release it faster than you release yours. <laughs> and I hired six kids instead of fucking just one guy. And I released my newsletter. He never even got to release his newsletter because by the time I released my newsletter, my newsletter was the only newsletter that anyone was talking about. And I went into competition because I'm so petty. Yeah. I went into competition with the teacher who got picked this guy instead of me. Yeah. 
he, she, so Miss Souders picked this guy instead of me, and I created the Texera Times. So he had like the Souders Sentinel or some shit. I had the Texera Times about like our class newsletter, and like I just fucking blew his newsletter out of the water. <laughs> and they were too humiliated to even release it <laughs> because I already had released mine like within like fucking nine days. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm just a petty motherfucker. I, I didn't know you were like so into writing back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been. <coughs> oh, dude, I you know I got into when in, when I was in sixth grade, I I joined the journalism class. Like that was like the first class I joined as an elective. Yeah. As an after school elective. Yeah. Because I knew my mom would. She's so obsessed with watching the Oprah Winfrey show. She wouldn't even be picking me up on time anyway. So mm -hmm. I had at least an hour and a half to burn. Mm -hmm. So I joined the journalism class because I was like, well, at least I can just at least learn something about journalism. Yeah. In the meantime, because my mom's gonna be so late picking me up, and she was every time. So like, I. And in my journalism class, people were pissed at me. And this is when I learned to like chill out a little bit. If I'm, if you're going to be cool and you're ever going to get laid and like have fun like with girls, you need to just chill out because I was like, I was like writing like four articles mm -hmm. like like in an hour, and like everyone there is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like <laughs> fuck you, dude. Right? Like it was like, come on, dude, what the fuck? Right? Wow. Yeah, and I was just like. Oh well, aren't we in journalism class to write articles? So I was just trying to like. <laughs> I didn't know you were articles. that astute. That's not the Steve Green picture. I am a petty motherfucker, is what yeah, I'm trying to say. I, I know. Petty. But this is like an after-school program that you're volunteering to do. Yeah, but people doubted me. If you doubt me, I will. I will bring it in ways that make no sense to even me. I learned that. Like that's why sometimes I doubt yeah. him on things. I know. See, exactly. on purpose. No, exactly. <laughs> she, she knows to use the momentum, but it really is a real thing. It's been my part of my entire life. Mm -hmm. and, you don't uh, say. I know. Okay, you've been involved in various comedy projects throughout your career. What draws you to comedy, and how do you navigate the fine line between humor and sensitivity? I hate everything. I hate everything. I hate everything. You don't navigate that fine no, no, line. No, no, but I also love everything. Mm. Love everything. I really do. Yeah. And I see the both, and and I just see the the fallacy in the things that we love, and I see the love in the things that we hate. And I really do find there to be a joy in that in between space, the context of those two things, the, the yin and the yang. Yeah. And it's entertained to me, wildly entertained to me. Mm -hmm. And if I can counterpoint something that everyone's pointing, I can't wait to because mm -hmm. it's funny to me. And I've done that forever. I've done that since I was a little kid. Like, I just find it so interesting that everyone thinks a certain thing. And if I can poke any holes at it, yeah. the way that it, like, upends their worldview and like i watched fireworks go off in their head and they can't handle it the fact that they were like embracing that idea so hard that they can't handle this little kid coming up with like maybe a reason why their idea or their their idealized world is stupid yeah why were you clinging on to it so hard right yeah that, that, that's i find that to be they very read funny. an article about it yeah exactly <laughs> but i find that to be very funny yeah yeah and it huh. all goes it all goes back to it all goes back, I mean, throughout, so many examples, blah, blah, blah. But I'll never forget my mom getting almost sued by the ACLU because um, um, the American Civil Liberties Union because she had the audacity to tell everyone there was a pedophile in my neighborhood hmm. and that he was violating his parole talking to young kids, a.k.a. her son and his friend group, me and my, my yeah. buddies. And, like, the fact that the world found this to be so controversial at mm -hmm. the time like a lot of people were on our side obviously our neighbors were and stuff yeah but the but i was on the inside of the story mm -hmm. i remember seeing on the inside of the story and being like wow i can't believe that anyone thinks this is controversial at all yeah but there was a lot of people on the outside who were like yelling at my mom how dare she she's calling out this man he's a victim and all shit i'm like 
this guy like literally was trying to get with my friend group and me. Right. And but everyone's so sure that my mom is full of shit and just calling out this guy because he's trying to exist. Right. And I'm like, dude, this guy was like coming up to us with his moped and he was like doing bike races against us with his moped. And so like we would beat him on our bikes because he wasn't gunning his moped. Yeah, at all. like he and was like, letting yeah, you making, in. Getting in, right? Getting in our friend group, making himself seem cool and shit. And then he joined like a karate class that I was in and shit. That's weird. Yeah, the guy's fucking out there. But like I said, people who are on the outside of the story, they're so sure that my mom is doing something fucked up. Yeah, I don't get how but, 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 but knowing, such a staunch opinion. But knowing that staunch opinion, yeah. it changes the way that you see everything after that, yeah. I promise you. Once you see the entire media landscape talk about something in such a way, and you know w- what's going on, yeah. you never see things the same way. I think that's the thing, is that I, we both like constantly have been on the inside of things, yes. not able to like really say, because I know. there's no way for you, other people the people on the outside to understand without like throwing people under the bus or like you know really getting into it but like it's also sometimes the truth is so crazy that you seem like a lunatic for point for like telling people yeah like what the truth is so it's better to just like not even say anything and i'm not saying there was no love for my mom because there was but like it we definitely like i think being early to all this stuff we're focusing on the negative more because that was what we were hearing about more mm-hmm. and then you know, my family's gonna get sued by the ACLU. We have no money compared to them. We're fucked. It's crazy. So it was just scary, scary, scary things. And like all my mom did was the right thing, in my opinion. Did you win the case? Did you guys settle or what? Like they how did didn't that work? End up pursuing it because of whatever. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But they didn't end up pursuing it. So scary because it was so scary. Can't pay legal fees. It was so scary by default. We were we were, we thought we were gonna have to sell our house and all kinds That's of stuff. Crazy. We didn't know. We just didn't know. Good for your mom. She just is a badass man. She she doesn't even know her own strength. Strong woman. She's the strongest woman I know. Okay, number four. How do you handle criticism or negative feedback? And what advice would you give to aspiring creators who may face similar challenges? Know thyself, right? And and, and it's so important to know yourself so that if you get negative feedback, it's like, well, I know what I meant. It's fine. But if if you meant something and then you hear someone think something else... It's okay to correct that and be like, oh, I'm, I think I miscommunicated the way I was yeah. talking about something and I fucked up and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Here's what I meant. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, shit. I didn't know it was sounded like that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I think that's okay too. Totally. Yeah. All right. So don't let, like, let that control you, but like, no. you know, you can, you're allowed to just like say, oh, hey, oops. Oopsie daisies. I didn't mean to say and it like I'm, that. I didn't mean it and I own it. I can't wait to own it. Yeah. But if I agree with that, I fucked up. Number five from ChatGPT asks, your podcast, The Basement Yard, has gained a significant following. So they don't know me. What do you, this was all for the Steve Green that hosts The Basement Yard. <laughs> Unless you have a secret podcast. Okay. I was hoping, kind of. I kind of I was, was hoping. hoping. I was, was kind of hoping because it says it's super successful and it has wow. a significant following. Wow. I was like, oh, damn. I don't have one called The Basement Yard. Okay. Damn. Damn. All right. Well, ChatGPT, sorry. Can't. That's, what, that's what happens when there's... 55,000 Steve Greens in North America. Can't tell you what resonates with listeners. We'll figure it out. Uh, Number six, can you discuss your experience transitioning from traditional media to digital platforms and how it's impacted your career and creative opportunity? Dude, I I didn't do that. It just seems like that because I'm DVD. I didn't go from traditional media to... I went from... Traditional training to digital. Uh, Yeah. You've collaborated with many creators over the years. How do you approach these collaborations and what do you look for in potential partners? Pass. 
Yeah. You collaborated with a bunch of creators because that was what everyone did. I, we everyone we has were all to. just in the circle. Everyone has liked it. You be in my video. <laughs> Will you be in my video? Everyone had to Will do you be it. in my video? I need someone for my video. I actually, you know what you know what I never really did is have people in my videos. I was always in other people's videos. I never had people in my videos usually. Why didn't you ask them to be in your videos? Because I didn't think they could do it. That's true. But only because and it's not Yeah, be, your type of video. I'm not so good at it or whatever. It's no, just, it's that, just uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And I was in some of your yeah, videos you and made me uncomfortable. And it was a nightmare for you. Yeah. And I don't want to make people have to do the uncomfortable thing yeah i'm, I'm actually a pretty, pretty polite person believe it or not yeah i mean you had, way bigger, of my mother. you had a way bigger channel and i was still like yeah i don't know if i want it <laughs> you know, i had okay. one on your channel you had a way bigger channel oh, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. would have been beneficial to oh, collaborate yeah. and like it yeah. try to get people to and come on my channel on one time but it was, was a nightmare like, for you i just was, it was yeah, real it was, it was really Look, uncomfortable the problem with my channel is it was real and and that that sucks for people yeah. because it's hard to do the real thing with real people who don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so Nikki having to do that, it was a nightmare for her. Yeah, it's very it's facts. I had her pretend to be like a hooker basically. Yeah, and like guys were coming up to her and saying a bunch of shit, and mm -hmm. then I was coming up to them being like, "Sir, do you re do you realize that you're you're trying to solicit a prostitute?" <laughs> <laughs> And these guys were like, yo, what the fuck? I wasn't doing shit. And it was all completely real. You pretend to be like a, under, a secret cop. Yeah, or I was pretending to be like an undercover cop or whatever. like Or an undercover like city um, you know, volunteer, like one of those assholes. Like, yeah. I'm a volunteer, sir. Sir, I'm a volunteer. Volunteers know what's going on here. Yeah. Like those guys. So you're under civil arrest. Yeah, the, civil, the, the civic arrest guys, yeah. Yeah. What are some of your most memorable moments or projects in your career so far, and why do they stand out to you? I mean, just doing my YouTube channel, obviously, was my... It's probably the thing I'm most proud of, I would say. It's a memorable. Yeah, but it's because I did it the right way, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a lot of shame going to prank channels right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, dude, I like all my shit. I'm happy about all of it. You know, there's there's like you know very few videos I did that I'm like, I don't like that. But as far as like projects that are, you know, maybe more mainstream, it's tough to gauge now because so much time has gone by right but i do i am happy that i did my like dream things mm -hmm. like i made a movie i got to star in a movie like internet famous and like that was maybe one of the best and worst things that ever happened to me because i had it happen so fast mm -hmm. and once it happens like it's like oh shit i already i did that that's mm -hmm. what i wanted to do was there like a moment though that was like the most memorable Having my family go to the premiere of that was big, yeah. Cool. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. That's great. I always, because my dad took us to movies all the time as kids, and my whole family went to movies all the time as kids. I got obsessed with movies that way. And then having them come to my own movie was like insane, for sure. Yeah. For I sure. know that was definitely a big moment for you, because I remember early in our relationship, you're like, yeah, they haven't come out to see anything I've done yet. They or, snubbed yeah. most of my stuff. Like Smiley was in theaters. Yeah, they and snubbed it. Like it's that. fine. <laughs> we get over it. We got over it. But yeah, no, it was upsetting that I don't know what the fuck. It's yeah. fine. But you're over it now. I'm over it now. Yeah. Uh, can you share any upcoming projects or goals that you have for the future? And what can your fans look forward to? I don't do that. I think that the um, telling you about my secret project, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet is yeah. lame. I do have something that I'm working on, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not gonna do the thing that I said I'm not yeah, gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is the last question. Lastly, what advice would you give to individuals who are passionate about pursuing a career in content creation or entertainment? Start from zero and just do it. And just keep doing it. Yeah. And once you commit to doing it, don't stop doing it. You know, and if you find something like your passion leads you to something that wasn't in your original 
picture. Mm-hmm. You know, let your heart go there because you never know. Because like when we grew up, we didn't have there was no YouTube, right? There was no digital content creation. There was no influencer. There was no any of this. And I think both of us pushed against it for a yeah. little bit because it seemed like not it seemed like a fake version of the entertainment industry, right? It, we were told it was. Yeah, and we were told by all the managers, agents, all that like if you go that route, like that's like not, it's not it's real. Not authentic. I, it's not unionized. It's it's bad. And and now it's like when you ask teenagers what they want to be, that's a huge legit Tuber's career gone. that I like Tuber's they want to be <laughs> influencers or YouTuber. They want to yeah. be a YouTuber. They want to be an influencer. They want to like it's a whole career that didn't exist before and i i partly wish that i wasn't so attached to like what my ideal career was because it it wasn't invented yet you know when i actually realized that because i was like yeah i have a following youtube and i put youtube videos up but i want to be an actor you know and when i actually got to be like a lead in a show for a few weeks it was like this independent project this like digital web series i was like a lead in it it was a really funny series but you're there 14 hours a day and they use you like maybe for two or three hours of that and the rest of the time you're just waiting it's like a hurry up and wait thing but you got to stay in character you got to stay in the scene you got to stay in the moment and it's a lot of training a lot of auditions a lot of it just to be on set for 14 hours a day kind of wishing that you were making your youtube videos at home yeah and then i realized like maybe i kind of like being a youtuber yeah i think i'm such a control freak too yeah and i like when it comes to creative sometimes then yeah it, it I was disappointed by the process. You know what I mean? Like you write something and then it has to go to the next person, the next person, the next person, the next person. And that's how something get, actually gets made. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to be the way that you envisioned it. And it's actually going to be better because of that. Actually, mm-hmm. you kind of learn the hard way to seed control this, uh, of something so it can become better because your idea initially is not executable. Like, Always, right? Like, if you look at Star Wars, right? Like, George Lucas had to get guys to come in and do concept art for the ships that he was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Because George Lucas was like, hey, I took this idea so far. Now I need someone to come in and, like, take the the baton and, like, you handle it now. And I went to this other guy. And this other guy, like, he, 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 you know, drew the Millennium Falcon, right? And, like, it was, like, unbelievable. And, like, something George Lucas could have never, like, Mm -hmm. drawn or come up with, right? And, and once you learn that seeding control, being a control freak and then seeding control can lead to beauty. Yeah. You realize how art gets made. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard though. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, I still to struggle learn that. with that. You have to learn that, yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the chat, how do you think chat, chat GPT did? Better than I thought, but I, I still didn't do that podcast. So that's disappointing. Because yeah. it's, it's almost like I answered a bunch of questions for some some other Steve Green, which well, I probably maybe did. Maybe you learned, like, you know, Humility. be more unique. Humility. Be more, because all of mine were definitely for me. I should have, you know what I should have done is change my name to Steve Green with, with three E's on the end. Because yeah. then everyone would know. Everyone would know. And then I'd have a more embarrassing last name that I had to marry into. Yeah. Greeny, and it's like no, actually, it's just green. It just hey, has, you, aren't you? Mrs. It has an obnoxious amount of ease at the end. Hi, Mrs. Green. We're with the uh, electric company. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no, it's just regular green. But he just—it's spelled he just obnoxiously. Did it this way. It sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, 
I think that ChatGPT worded my questions like sometimes they were like repeat questions and like it tried yeah, to get away with bit, that. But like um, other than that, I was really shocked that it could good thing not only pull the information, but p put it into questions that were kind of thoughtful. But good thing we didn't have to pay ChatGPT or we would have said, hey, come on, we, we caught you. Yeah. Trying to do two questions. Yeah. Two yeah. different bullet points with the same question. Come on. I can dude. understand now like how this, I didn't have to come up with any of those questions, but if I had a guest, it kind of was, it kind of nailed it. Like I didn't have kinda. to do any research on that guest. Yep. And that guest would have been like, oh, here's what, how I felt. Unless like it said that, that project, like if, if I said like, oh, how was your podcast, The Backyard? That's doing so great. And they're like, I never, what the fuck is that? My project. What is that? <laughs> so a little, a little bit of kinks to work out. But other Some than that, kinks to work out. I think that was good. We didn't uh, get to talk about kinks. And um, you know what? I am happy with the information that came out of the, the, the conversation. I'm very, I'm quite the pleased. The fodder that it generated yes i appreciate that and um next week we maybe you can ask us something and if you have a question you would like to ask as a human being not a an ai but if you're fake. an ai you can ask don't be too. fake like ai um, is. you can ask us at podcast at nikki dot limo that's n-i-k-k-i dot l-i-m-o and we will go through your questions at the same way where i don't read them beforehand so it's a surprise for everybody yay hooray all right and with that we'll see you on the next we'll one see you next time bye, bye, -bye.